With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The X at 105.9. Joining me now live from Chicago, where nothing of any interest is going on, from DKPittsburghSports.com, he is Serbian reactionary Dayon Kovacevic. Uh, Dayon, uh, Shelty is keeping secret who's going to start in center field. I can't stand the suspense. Who do you think it's going to be? Well, I know that this is going to like make or break your day. I've been saying all along uh, that I felt that, that Anthony Alford went into uh, the spring training uh, right now pretty much as he was going to be in a position where he'd have to lose the job. Um, not that he's proven himself in the majors, but they know that he was a, a top prospect in baseball, in all of baseball, just a couple of years ago, and he's shown them that he's healthy. Uh, he can hit the ball. He can really run. He can catch. Uh, but they, I, I understand what they're trying to do here. He he, he doesn't want to tip the Cubs on. Uh, right. You know, God forbid the Cubs should get tomorrow. an advantage by knowing who the center oh, fielder is. Oh, why do you even ask these questions? You're right. That's a good point. So let's move on. What's your take okay. on Connor McDavid's headshot? Because I'm not surprised you didn't get suspended, but I thought it was suspendable. Yeah, I, I did too. There's a when you watch the the one replay of it uh, from behind and, and overhead, you see that he does this this like gun cocking motion. Yeah, I think you know what I'm talking about, uh, where he's, he he brings his back elbow way back and then rams it into uh, Yasperi Kotkaniemi's head. Um, that that right there, that motion is something that needs to be eliminated from the game. It's not a hockey play. There's nothing about that that says I'm finishing my check or I'm doing something to win the puck for my team. Um, they have not, the NHL has not made that specifically a guideline, but they should. Regardless, regardless, for him to get a $5,000 fine for that is nothing other than the NHL saying that, you know, that there's two different standards here. I mean, as simple as that. Uh, they just don't, they didn't want to put him out for a game. They just didn't. Ryan Burke uh, said in an interview he doesn't want to bring a knife to a gunfight. That means bigger and tougher. How fast will that play out? How will it play out? And how much will it benefit the Penguins? Well, I mean, Burke and, 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 and Ron Hextall have, have both been saying uh, for a bit now and not really making any secret of it, and you and I have talked about it, that they want to get bigger and tougher. I think what's really at issue here is how is that defined? Uh, Mike Sullivan's definition of toughness is, you know, and, and people can laugh at this, but his definition of toughness is, is you know, like a, a Jake Gensel. I mean, he refers to Jake as being really tough because well, Jake, that's, is, Jake that, takes I, I got a feeling that's not quite the definition. No, I don't think Hexley it is either, at. but I don't think it is either. But at the same time, that's, that's the difference in the definitions here because Jake will take a hit, he'll bounce right back up, and he'll make a play that'll hurt your team. Uh, that's the way Mike Sullivan has always coach to the game that's the way his players repeat what he says and it's been that way for a long time now now again if you were to just wave a magic wand and bring both of the kachuk brothers here i suspect nobody would mind the penguins getting bigger and tougher you know what i mean 
it's just a matter of how it is that you do it. If you just bring in some thug, not that those even really exist in hockey anymore, you're going to get a pushback. No, and, and I and I don't think that's what Burke and Hextel will want to do, but I think they would probably look at, Heck, at uh, Mike Sullivan's coaching past here in Pittsburgh as successful as it's generally been and wonder why he couldn't make better use of guys like Reeves, Goodbranson, and Alexiak, who were all legitimate NHL players, albeit near the bottom of the depth chart. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's that was a question at the time. Never mind now, you know? I mean, especially when you consider that uh, uh, Goodbranson is the one that jumps out at me, because Goodbranson, even more so than Reeves, because Goodbranson came here and actually exceeded expectations as a player. You know what I mean? Yeah, he played I, I don't fine. That, he moved the puck better than I thought he was capable of. And, and you know, Sidney Crosby, you know, when you get him in a, in, a, in a quieter moment and ask him what he thinks about having guys like that on the team, he loves it. He loves it. And he doesn't really make that much of a secret of it. Uh, and that, to me alone, should be something that, that, that carries some weight. So, We'll see. I, I, there's no doubt in my mind that Hextall and Burke are going to come up with something uh, and that they do have places on the roster where they can do that, where the idea that, oh, no, you're taking a, you know immensely skilled player out of the lineup. Oh, no, no as, are, as I've are... been saying all day, Dave, it doesn't much matter who the 12th forward or the 6th defenseman right. is. You have different expectations for them than you would a Chris Letang or a Sidney Crosby, but what if Burke and Hextall get those guys and Sullivan just puts them on the pay-no-mind list? Doesn't play them, well, maybe doesn't even dress well, them. Yeah, that I'm not seeing happen. I mean, you're talking about a different dynamic now as far as butting heads. Jim was Jim Rutherford was the kind of guy that would kind of go seethe off to himself and not say anything about right, it. That's right. You know what I mean? Okay, so this is different. <laughs> I don't think you're going to see that in particular with Brian Burke. Well, I'm just uh, wondering he, if it not... doesn't lead to the demise of Sullivan as the coach here. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously premature, and you know that. I mean, But it's right obviously now, possible, said, too, and you know that. And well, anything is possible, especially with, when it comes to NHL head coaches. But I also know that Hextall and Burke are watching the impact that this coach has on this team right now. They're watching it every day. They're watching what he's doing while missing five, six forwards, while missing uh, five, six defensemen in the opening month of the season, while waiting a full month to get NHL-caliber goaltending. And they're looking at where they are in the standings. There's no way these guys aren't impressed with what they're seeing from Mike Sullivan. That'd be crazy. And I am, too. I'm just looking down the road. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you think Burke and Hextall see the Penguins as legit championship contenders after that great month of March, and how will that affect what happens between now and the trade deadline one week from Monday? I, I don't think, you know, when you talk about contenders, there's, there's a difference between contenders and favorites and so forth. Um, if you can get out of your division, anybody can win. And, and that, that's been true forever in hockey because you build up some momentum, you build up additional confidence, maybe you start riding a hot goalie. All of those things can happen to the Penguins, uh, including the hot goalie thing. Uh, it now looks like they could get out of the East Division, you know. And once that happens, yeah, there's a reseeding and everything else here, but you can pull it off. So I, I think if they're not thinking that the Penguins can compete, uh, at least be a factor in the Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, they'd be off the mark. But looking at this team as if it's the current 
let's say, Lightning or Avalanche where you go, wow, they really need to win it. They're just loaded. No, you're not going to do that. So you're not going to make over-the-top moves. You're not going to make Rutherford-type moves. But it sure doesn't sound like they want to do that, and I really don't think that they will. We're talking today's on Kovacevic live from Chicago here on 105.9 X. The Penguins have been playing great system, uh, playing according to score and situation on top of that. Does that disappear when all the regulars come back? I don't think it disappears. I think it modifies. I mean, when you bring when you bring an Evgeny Malkin uh, back into your lineup, you're not going to be telling him to do the same thing, chip and chase, just get it out of the zone the way you will to Freddie Goudreau when he arrives right off the bus from Wilkes-Barre. Uh, there are going to be modifications. Uh, there's going to be an adjustment. What you can't afford to lose is that sense of uh, camaraderie. We've got each other's backs. Uh, we can do this. Oh, I don't think this is camaraderie. I think this is system. I think it's X's and O's. I think it's playing well, score and situation. Okay, but but you know in hockey that camaraderie is part of that because you you do have your teammates' backs uh, in, in those situations, and the Penguins have had that. They've been especially uh, something Casey DeSmith pointed out the other night with leads. When you look at how the Penguins are playing, it has that air of desperation. To oh, it. no, they're it's managing leads very well. And uh, yeah. they're, they're not trying to get goals they don't need. I wonder if that's going to keep up. Well, you know, there's there's two ways to do this. You know, you can either prevent the goals or you can go ahead and score some more. Well, um, yeah, but you see, then you're saying that what they've been doing collapses. When they were, when no, they were had, he, when, when they were at two, two to one against the Islanders in the second game of that series... Mm-hmm. They played perfectly. They, didn't, they really did. They didn't put the puck in 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 opportune positions for their team or the other team. They just worked no. on low and made the clock disappear. And I just don't think, and I'll be blunt, Evgeny Malkin's ever going to be willing to do that. Okay, but there's a false line of demarcation I sense here, and that that is that that they started being good when he went out. <laughs> That's just not what happened. They were playing really good hockey they while he was there. They started doing the things we're talking about when he went out. He was playing great yeah, hockey, but on his terms. I know. No, see, I get what you're saying because you've made this point loud and clear for a long time, and that is that this group needs to play defensively in order to win a championship. No, they need to I play structured in order to win a championship. Well, what is that in hockey? That's defense. Nobody's, so saying, nobody's the- saying they give up their attack off the rush. Nobody's right. saying they don't try certain things. I'm saying they need to pick their spots according to score and situation. Right. And and I think we have agreed for a while now that that's what this group at this portion of its career with the core needs to do to win a championship. I agree with you on that. But I also don't look at Gino's play before he went out. And I'm not just talking about his offense. I'm talking about all over the rink. He was committed all over the rink. Uh, he had found whatever his moxie was and whatever his demons were going into that, and he had figured that out. I just don't see him as being a problem when he comes back in this Oh, context. I didn't say he would be the problem. It's just that things tend to trickle down. They when it comes to system in hockey, you're not as good as your weakest link. You're as good as your strongest link. No, that's 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 fair. That, there's, there's no doubt about that. I just I, – I've – I can't, Mark, I can't bring myself to get all, you know, worried and fretting over the idea that 
Malkin and Kasperi Kapanen and these other guys could come back at some point let, and replace let, Mark let me, let me Let me tell you why I can. Okay, and don't get me wrong. Anybody replacing Mark Jankowski is a good thing. But, but, okay, if their championship window was still open, as some maintain it is, right? This well, it is has the, to be. Look at them in the standings. Where okay, okay. And let's assume it is because the standings don't lie, and they spell disaster for you at sacrifice. This is their last chance. If the window's still open, this is their last chance or certainly their last best chance. So they better get it. Well, I mean, I think that impression has to be made on everybody in the locker room. Uh, but I, I'm also going to swing back to what we just talked about before that. I still, even if you really, really, really believe that, meaning if you're the Penguins, that this is it, got to go for it, this is it, I still wouldn't be making the kind of moves that I think some people are going to want the Penguins to make. Oh, no, and you I just, wouldn't either. And I don't think they'll make at drastic some moves. Point, at some point, you've got to – You've got to hang on to your draft picks. You've got to hang on to your prospects. Um, I'll tell you, you talk about the window being open. You talk about them contending. Uh, one of the best signs that, that, that they've posted is they beat the Islanders 6 of 8. The Islanders are very good, and they've been the Penguins' bogey team. I think that says a lot. Oh, I, I, I think it says a, a lot about both teams. Um, I, I did a, a breakdown column after the game there the other night. Uh, illustrating how the Penguins love to take advantage of open ice, and the Islanders just hand it to them. They let them rev up their motors through the neutral zone. That has always, always, always been a mistake against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, and, and Barry Trotz just never seems to figure that out. And you notice that as soon as Trotz takes his foot off the pedal, or, I'm sorry, you, know, uh, you know, as far as making sure that the Islanders skate backward, notice how much better the Islanders look, you know? They start attacking and they start owning the puck and everything else. Uh, it's to the Penguins' credit, but that one, I, I put that one in Sullivan's uh, checkmark list. I, I think Sullivan has just really figured out how to beat the Barry Trot system. A quick Steelers question. After Ben retires, who will be the next starting quarterback for the Steelers? I mean, we don't know. Mason Rudolph. Make a, make a prediction. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I think- Mason Rudolph. I, I'm, not, I'm not even going to hesitate with that. Unless something were to happen in the coming season – where he were to just visibly regress. Everything's been set up for Mason for a while. And remember, with Mason, the other thing is you don't have to, you know, he is, a, a lot of people don't know this, but he's a free agent after the coming year. So you have a year to see in which he can either uh, replace Ben, meaning Ben getting well, how hurt. how much is he going to play this year? Well, I don't know. I mean, that depends on Ben getting hurt, and Ben didn't get hurt this past season. Uh, I, I, but I think there's always a possibility that you're – your backup quarterback is going to get onto the field. So you have a chance to see what, you know, see what you've got in him before you make any kind of commitment to him uh, and, and mess around with your cap. If not, Hey, there's always trading up in the draft and doing those things that other teams do. I'm going to say Dwayne Haskins. Oh, be serious. I am. You watch. Oh no. Okay. Laugh now, funny boy. But that's what's going to happen. You watch. You watch. I mean, you're laughing, but you watch. Uh, well, I, I know this. And, and I think there's serious, a much better chance, my... since we're laughing at each other's predictions, <laughs> yeah. there's a much better know, chance right? it's Haskins than Rudolph. He has uh, – I know this. I know that Mike Tomlin loved him in college uh, and that they didn't, they didn't get him in the same spirit that they got Paxton Lynch in which it was just, wow, here's a reclamation, and he's got an NFL arm, and let's just see what's there. Uh, they've always seen more 
in Haskins than that. But a lot of capital has been put into uh, into Mason Rudolph, and he's been out there on the field for them. And we'll see. We'll see. Dejan, good stuff. Enjoy baseball if that's possible. We'll talk again next week. All right, Mark. That's Dejan Kovacevic. Check him out at DKPittsburghSports.com. He is brought to us by your neighborhood Ford stores. 